Welcome to the NRL.com preview podcast. We are taking a look at round 19. My name is Chris Kennedy. I'm joined as always by Alicia Newton. Alicia, thank you for being here. Not a problem as always, CK. Good to hear from you. And Barty Lenahan, good to have you back. Good to be here, guys. Before we talk some footy, we're going to have a quick listen to uh, Josh Curran from the Warriors, who I spoke to just a little bit earlier uh, about their very tough uh, injury-riddled game uh, against the Panthers last week uh, and the the rest of their season coming up. So we'll take a quick listen to Josh Curran. So I am with Josh Curran from the New Zealand Warriors. Josh, thank you so much for being on the NRL.com preview podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. Mate, uh, I guess to start with uh, last weekend, that was some tough, tough stuff uh, from you guys. Have you ever been involved in a, a game like that? Um, no, I haven't. Um... Um, obviously, yeah, it was a disappointing loss, but um, I guess looking back at it, um, the boys' efforts, um, yeah, we were, we we're pretty proud of our efforts, but obviously there were some areas that we needed to fix. But, um, yeah, we're just unlucky to lose um, yeah, four, four of our um, starting boys in the first 30 minutes, I think it was. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we we're, we're proud of... Um, our efforts in getting through the game. I mean, losing four players and, and being forced to run with no bench for, for most of the game is going to be massive regardless, but you lose Torhu Harris at the start of the game, who does an absolute mountain of work for you guys. You lose Roger, who's just an inspirational guy, whether he's at fullback or, or wing or in the halves. Um, and then you, you're starting hooker um, as well. And then an outside back, which is never covered on the bench. It's, um, you know, it was um, phenomenal to, to even be sort of competitive throughout the, the 80 minutes, I thought. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, losing Tohu was a big, um, was a big loss for us, and also Roger and Wado. Um, but I guess, I guess we're lucky that um, we've got versatile players that um, can just slot straight into them positions um, when we, yeah, when we needed it. What about the guys uh, in the middle? I think you played most of the game um, in the pack, but you know Matt Lodge forced to play eighty minutes, got through a heap of work at it, and I think played seventy odd minutes. Who was, um, you know, must have been some boys out on their feet there. Yeah, the boys in the middle, um, Adam, Adam, um, Lodgy, and also Jazzy. Um, they all, yeah, they all played eighty minutes. Um, I think Adam played like seventy five, seventy six, but um, yeah, their efforts, they, they. Um, yeah, they really stepped up when um, all that hap- all that stuff happened, and um, that's all we could ask from. And yeah, they went <laughs> they went pretty beast mode. Yeah, absolutely. I think Logie had ten busts and eight offloads or something. Uh, he was uh, he was on fire in the middle there, um, mate. What about um, Torhu? It's going to be probably a big job for guys like yourself and and Jazz and um, you know those guys who can play in that sort of thirteen role through the the rest of the season. He's obviously a, a huge loss, but um, I guess just um, you know creates opportunity for someone else to to have to step up. Yeah, obviously it's um, yeah it's a massive loss for um, us. Um, but yeah, Tohu has been um, helping. He's been helping me out and um, a couple of other boys just so um, we can step up and um, take his position. But yeah, what he, what he does on the field, it's yeah, it's pretty um, inspiring. And um, I look at it as that's how I want to be and play as well. So um, yeah, I want to um, step up and yeah, kind of take over his role. For sure. I mean, we were asked, um, we all had to nominate who we thought was the most underrated player in the NRL the other week. And I said Torhu. I know he's played 16 test matches for New Zealand. He's not exactly an under-the-radar player, but he's a guy I don't think still gets probably the, the credit he deserves for just the work that he does and the what he produces for you guys. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, he does. He does a lot of work that people don't see 
on the field, but it makes a big difference to us and helps us massively. What about yourself um, for the rest of the season? You talk about wanting to move into that starting 13 role. You've had a few, um, you know, little chances there um, before Torhu got injured, potentially a chance to, to lock down that 13 jersey for at least the rest of this year. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's what I want to, um, that's when I, that's my um, goal, obviously, to lock down the jersey for the rest of the year and just um, help the boys and help the um, halves steer the ship around. What about moving into this weekend? You probably take a bit of confidence out of, you know, the way you're able to compete with one of the, the top two teams in the comp last week, despite the uh, the injury toll. South, obviously, another top four team, but, um, you know, they're not uh, unbeatable. They, they've had some losses this year. You guys, um, you know, it's a, an important game for you guys if you're going to make a little run at the end of the year. Yeah, it's, um, we've got a big week ahead. Um, versus South is such a such a good team with um, Walks and um, Reynolds and Latreau at the back there and they just link up. But, um, yeah, it's, a, it's going to be a big challenge for us and um, we've got to step up and um, bring it to them. It's um, it probably the whole comp's been a little bit uh, disrupted of late, all the teams moving up to Queensland, you guys included, but it's probably not really uh, anything new for you guys at this point after what you all went through last year. Yeah, obviously, um, yeah, the time we're in it right now, it's pretty... It's pretty crazy, but um, we just, I guess we've got to do it and to keep the comp running and to keep the fans um, watching. But um, it's good that I think the all the partners and wives come up today to go into quarantine. But um, yeah, it is what it is and we just got to get, um, get on with it. With uh, you talking about some of those um, the, the threats from, from South, did you play with any of those guys, Latrell in the, uh, in the All-Stars? Yeah, so I played with Latrell and um, and Cody. So you, I guess you got a, a bit of a close-up look at the sort of threat that they can offer. Yeah, they obviously. Um, yeah, Cody's like real. Cody's real smart with him with um his ball playing and um yeah Latrell. Latrell's just Latrell. He can just do whatever he can do um whatever he wants and pull anything off. But um yeah, they they um they're gonna be two. Um, big indicators of what's got to be happening on the field and that. You probably are. You would have played with Latrell at the Roosters as well, wouldn't you, when you were back there? Um, no, nah, I think I think I was in 20s. I think I moved over there in 20s when he was in grade. Okay, so, so not, not really winning. Oh, no, but... I did. Sorry, sorry, no, I did um, on my debut. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, the point being that, you know, huge threats uh, all in the park for them. We've seen how good, uh, you know, Cody Walker setting up tries left and right uh, last week. Latrell, obviously, you know, particularly through the origin, how dangerous he can be. So um, plenty for you guys to be uh, looking out for this weekend. Yeah, exactly right there. Um, obviously, yeah, they, they all link up together real good. And, um, yeah, they're real um, big strike power for them. Mm. Just uh, you got some strike power as well. How did you made of um, Reese Walsh's debut season? Yeah, that the kid... Um, real funny actually he's just he's honestly um yeah he's real gifted he's just got the he's just got the footy jeans he's he's um working on his um what he has to do at fullback and that and um yeah as as we can see he keeps um improving each week and playing with heaps of confidence but um that's all we could ask of him how's um how's brownie been uh, around the group he's sort of you know giving everyone a you know a little bit of a pep talk after um you know what happened last week and and heading into this week, yeah. So Brownie, Brownie, he wasn't um, he, he wasn't angry. He was, he was just um, yeah. He was pretty proud of the boys of our efforts in that. Obviously, yeah, losing losing the four players and playing. I think it was fifty five minutes with um, no one on the bench. But um, 
yeah, he just said, obviously there's areas that we could improve on, but um, at all of it, he was, yeah, he was just pretty proud. Everyone, everyone was pretty proud. Obviously, it's it's not good losing, but um, it is it is what it is. But um, yeah, we were just all pretty proud, and we had to look at the positives and fix the negatives. But um, yeah, he was pretty proud, and he just said that we've got a big week on our hands, and it's pretty much a must-win game for us. It is a crunch game for you guys uh, this weekend. Uh, massive thank you for joining us on the NRL.com preview podcast and uh, good luck against the Rabbitohs. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. So thanks to Josh from the Warriors for that one. We'll dive into some games now. It starts off with the Eels and the Raiders uh, on Thursday evening. Um, Marty, I'll start with you. I uh, I don't know if this one's uh, quite the gimme uh, it is for the Eels that some people think it might be. Obviously, towed up the Raiders earlier in the year, but you know, no Mitch Moses, um, you know, Jake Arthur, the 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 youngster in the halves. Raiders, um, to be fair, are missing a, a number of cattle themselves, but maybe turned a little bit of a corner recently. Yeah, I feel like Canberra have turned a bit of a corner. I think uh, their last couple of games have been good. Obviously, uh, Jack White, and I guess, is a huge out. And, and Xavier Savage, who uh, had a sensational game last weekend, gone for the season. So, a bit of a uh, curse there for the poor old Canberra fullbacks. But, no, look, I certainly don't think it's a gimme for Parramatta. I feel like uh, Ricky Stewart can sort of get this uh, Raiders side on a bit of a roll and I can actually see them uh, squeezing into the eight myself. So, yeah, I, I certainly don't think it's uh, past the post by any means for Parramatta. What do you make of this one? Alicia, Canberra, a couple of big outs, like, like Marty said, but um, Eel's doing it without their halfback also. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit strange. Like, those guys obviously played for New South Wales a couple of weeks ago, and now they're both out um, with minor injuries, as we know. Um, yeah, it's it's tricky. I, I think the Eels, you know, on paper, they, they should comfortably... Um, get get the result but Canberra just sort of coming at the right time of the year and um, you know losing Xavier Savage is a massive blow just given what he did against Cronulla last week but you know Jordi Rapana has played pretty well this year on the wing and he uh, he gets an opportunity at fullback now for probably the next couple of months so um, you know Matt Frawley is very very capable in the halves alongside Sammy Williams obviously played a lot of reserve grade together earlier this year so um, yeah I give him every chance but I think Parramatta um, you know, it's their time to really kick on now. We've seen previous years that sort of this is the time of the year where they dip a little bit. They've got a really tough run home. So the game against the Raiders is, is one that they have to win, I guess, to stay within that top four reach. I was on the uh, the Ricky Stewart um, media Zoom thing today. Um, he was talking about Sammy Williams and, and Matt Frawley. And I mean, th- they've been playing together basically as a full-time halves pairing for a year and a half uh, at the moment. I think we saw them combine pretty well two weeks ago in that win against Manny, something like eight forced dropouts uh, between them. So yeah, not really, you know, superstar status attached to either of them, but a pretty reliable, serviceable backup combination. Well, I was listening to uh, Jordan Rapana last, uh, I think it was on Tuesday, he was up media as well and he basically described Matty Frawley as like not a boring player but just somebody that always just puts kicks in gets repeat sets repeat sets repeat sets and it just absolutely kills the opposition it's just like he he knows no other way which is obviously it's been key for them in the last couple of weeks they've been able to build a lot of pressure which is something they just haven't been able to do all year um with their last play options and um yeah if they can if they can do that they'll definitely put power under pressure this week Marty, how do you see the Eels sort of adapting um, without Mitch Moses? Obviously, uh, plenty of points in the first half last week uh, against the Titans. Did that without Mitch as well? 
Yeah, look, I think uh, just on Mitch too, I know he copped a fair bit of criticism after Origin. And now, of course, we find out that that back injury happened quite early in that game. So uh, perhaps people were a bit harsh on him there. I think uh, hard enough to walk around for us normal humans with a bad back and he's trying to play an Origin game with one. So uh, fair play to him for getting through that. But yeah, I think they did a pretty good job last week, I think. Dave Arthur's shown enough in the games that he's played this year that he's uh, yeah, he's got the smarts and Dylan Brown been really impressed with him since he's come back. He'll take on a huge role in this game. So you'd think just with the strike power that Parramatta have got, I'd be uh, certainly be expecting them to get the win. But yeah, I do like the look of Canberra sort of making a bit of a late charge. Was it this podcast last week? I was suggesting that Moses probably had a slightly better game than he was being given credit for. Um, as it was, and yeah, like you say, a, a new light reflected on that now, knowing that he uh, fractured a, uh, I think it might have been the transverse process, but one of the spiny bits in your, um, on one of your vertebras right at the start of that game. So tough stuff from uh, from Mitchell. Um, Dylan Brown, I thought was a little bit quiet. I won't, I won't say disappointing, but I certainly thought quiet through the um, the start of this year, but maybe uh, sort of having to, to shoulder a bit more of a load and, and guide the youngster, Jakey Arthur, around might uh, bring out the best for Dylan for the run home, do you reckon? Yeah, I think it'll be good for him. I think uh, a bit more responsibility. I hope he takes on the line a bit. I love it when he uh, when he does use his running game. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting, as Alicia said, you've probably got Canberra very steady, Haas looking to pick in goal and get repeat sets and maybe uh, Parramatta a bit more flair there in their halves and take the line on a bit more. So really interesting contest. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be locking in the eels, I'd say. Yep, uh, eels for me as well, Alicia. Yep, eels for me. Three tips for Parramatta. The second game of the round, the early Friday game, the Roosters and the Knights being played at Sunshine Coast Stadium. Uh, Alicia, I just got off a, a Zoom with Trent Robinson. I've spent the day on Zooms with coaches, it feels like, but um, he was talking through the decision to drop uh, Josh Morris for Billy Smith, the youngster who's uh, scoring a try game. He said it was a very tough decision to to tell J-Moz he was going to be sitting out for a bit, but also gives an opportunity for a, a youngster who's had a, a really rough trot with injury and, and you know done well in his limited chances to uh, to come into that back line. But um, I just get, given the injury woes that the inj- uh, Roosters have had this year, it's a bit of a luxury to be able to leave someone like Josh Morris out this week yeah 100 i watched um morris play last week he he played on the right side obviously given billy smith is a predominantly a left edge player um he was enormous billy smith he scored that great try um two in two weeks now and um yeah i guess it just shows i guess the standards that the roosters have got when they're dropping a guy like like josh morris who um you know we don't know if he's going to play on next year but um, he's had a bit of a roller coaster year himself, probably emotionally, watching his brother go through that injury. And um, ironically, it's against the Knights um, this week again. So, um, yeah, I expect him to bounce back. He's obviously too good of a player not to, but just for now, you just got to play, you know, Billy Smith in the centres the way that he's been playing the past couple of weeks. Um, the Roosters, like, they, they, I think Robbo was, I don't know what he said on the Zoom before, but he was quite happy after the game. Um, that it was probably their most patient performance yet. And um, I guess with all the changes that we've had, we've spoken about how this season's probably catching up to them, but I feel like they've probably stepped one step ahead um, of that last week against against the Cowboys when they really needed to in the crunch stage. And Sam Walker, I think he set up five tries against the Knights a couple of months ago. So, um, yeah, he'll be in for another big one on, on Friday night. 
Marty, how do you, uh, what do you read into this Knights team? Obviously having to manage without uh, Mitchell Pearce at the moment. We think um, Kalen Ponger is good to play. Obviously uh, ruled out with a head knock uh, last week after colliding with Tuikem Kamitha's shoulder. And uh, also David Klemmer failed an HIA. He's been named to come back on the bench. So, I mean, huge injury woes, woes right through the spine this year in Newcastle. But other than Pearce, it's pretty close to the best team they can put on the park at the moment. Yeah, not a shoulder you want to be running into. Uh, big two, is it? No one. Baylor was a little the worse for wear. Uh, I don't think they can win if he doesn't play. I mean, he is just such an influential player. They're really missing Mitchell Pierce as well. As you said, a lot of changes in the spine, a lot of shuffling around. Um, just think they've been disappointing and it feels like they're just starting to fall away a little bit. I think the, you know, there's still a number of sides in this mix around the bottom of the eight that just feel like Newcastle are kind of one loss away from sort of dropping right off. The Roosters, on the other hand, you just know exactly what you're going to get. Sam Walker has been amazing, really. I've just sort of been expecting it all to catch up with him a little bit and maybe uh, his form might taper. But, you know, Robinson was smart enough, I guess, to give him a little rest there at one point and seems to be coming on strong. So, yeah, I just think Newcastle are, are maybe just heading in the, the wrong direction at the wrong time. They do have a relatively favourable draw, uh, Alicia, if they can sort of keep most of their best players on the park. And, you know, even if they don't win this week, win the games that they need to win, the top eight spots certainly there, uh, you know, for the taking. Yeah, and we've seen in previous years, this is the period of the year where they just, they do, they go downhill. Even last year, they were win-loss, 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 all the way up until they got hammered by South in the finals. So um, they're really hard to read, um, but... Their draw is very kind after this Roosters game. You know, they, they don't play another top six side for the rest of the year. It's easily the, the I guess, friendliest draw um, out of all teams. So um, I wrote today in my experts call um, view that, like, they're, it's their finals to sort of bottle, bottle up this year if they don't make it. So, um, yeah, for me, it's the edges, though. I just think defensively the edges are all over the place. You know, they can't, resilience-wise, they just cannot defend and offload. And, um, you know, when a team gets on a roll, they just sort of fall apart. So um, as much as their spine, they haven't had their first string spine um, all year. I think they've played one game with them and obviously got the win. So, um, yeah, if, if they get Mitchell Pierce back next week, I know this week's really important for them as well. But um, when you, once you look past this game, if they can get Pierce back next week, possibly Bradman Best as well. Um, then they really are, you know, in in finals contention. But at the moment, they need to swing this defensive effort um, against Melbourne last week around because it was pretty poor. I know Melbourne are a great side, but just the effort plays there weren't there for me. Yeah, it was sort of both. It was the the storm doing what the storm do, but um, you know Newcastle certainly should have done a, a better job of of slowing that runaway freight train uh, down. They they made it a little bit too easy for them. Um, in terms of this Roosters game, how do you see this one panning out? Um, in saying all that, I have gone the Roosters. I think they'll just be too strong. They've beaten Newcastle, um, I think, nine times out of ten in the last time the, the teams have played. So, um, yeah, I can't see it going any other way than that. Marty? Yeah, Tedesco back. That's huge. Tao back as well. And as you said, any team that's leaving Josh Morris out must be uh, going okay. So, Roosters for me. 
Yeah, I've got either Roosters by a little bit if Kalen plays and Roosters by a lot if he doesn't. The second Friday night game is... Uh, sorry, I've just lost my page there. Second Friday night game is the Cowboys up against the Storm. Um, Marty, I'll start with you. We're just talking about the Storm. They were um, a runaway freight train uh, last week as they have been most of the season, really. I think they're up to 11, 40-plus scores and 14 straight wins or something this season, just um, looking absolutely unstoppable. And the uh, the Cowboys um, been pretty lacklustre the past probably six weeks or so. Uh, what do you got for this one? Yeah, not the team to stop them, I don't think. The Cowboys, we might be uh, talking next week about the team that can possibly stop Melbourne, but uh don't think it'll be this weekend. I think the, you know, the storm just roll on. Ryan Pappenhausen makes his long-awaited return since round 10. He gets on the bench there, so obviously a, a very nice headache for Craig Bellamy to have when uh, he has to pick between Nico Hines and Pappenhausen, how they all fit in the side. He's done it with the juggling, the hookers as well, so just a phenomenal side there. They're great to watch. I think as Chris Lewis mentioned to us on the podcast last week, it's it's made very simple for them. They all understand their roles. He's made his way into the starting side this week. So, you know, great result for, for Chris Lewis, but they just all understand exactly what they have to do. And it's just absolute uh, clockwork at the moment. And they'll, uh, yeah, you'd expect them just to keep on rolling. Alicia, what can the Cowboys do in the face of this storm juggernaut? We, you know, they've lost David Bowen, who had a, a shocking uh, knee injury, unfortunately sidelined for a, an extended period. Um, Murray Talungi, I think, goes into the, the centres. Helam Lukey back in the side. The, the halves, Drinkwater and Dean haven't really clicked. Uh, I thought Hamaso Tabuai Fido was really exciting at fullback, certainly for yeah. the first 60 minutes of that game uh, last week. So a pretty handy replacement while uh, Val Holmes is out. Um, there, but the the rest of the spine is going to need a little bit more help if it, when it comes to uh, creating points. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think you know the spine is the key, as you mentioned. It hasn't clicked at all, but um, they started pretty well last week. Scotty drink water, got out of dummy half a couple of times, set up a few tries, um, and it was twelve nil. And suddenly you thought, oh, upsets on the cards here with the Roosters, but. Um, they just fell away. And when it comes to that crunch stage, 18 all, some of the decision-making on last play and mm. um, it just wasn't there. And um, I think Scott Drinkwater had his time over again. He he wouldn't come up with that double movement effort. Um, you know, just little things like that went against him. Whereas against Melbourne, you just can't afford, you know, you can't afford to be off from the get-go. Um, I just think too, like, you know, without Cameron Munster, Dale Fanuk and Felice Kafusi, like take three top guys out of any team and they struggle. With Melbourne, it just it's just a juggernaut. It just keeps rolling on. It doesn't matter who comes in. Our man Chris Lewis gets a start there in the back row too. Um, you know, and he'll probably have a blinder. It's just the Melbourne way. So um, yeah, Cowboys look, they're up against it this week, make no mistakes. Um, if they're gonna win, it's gonna be a very almighty upset. Yeah, I didn't even talk about the Storm team changes. Like you said, Munster, Fanukin and Kafusi all uh, out, uh, taking a little bit of time off. It, like you say, it doesn't really matter. They've been missing Pappenhausen most of the year, Harry Grant a lot of the year. It's uh, You almost don't talk about who they're missing because whoever comes in just gets the uh, the job done. Marty, how do you see this one panning out? Oh, look, I think, you know, Melbourne, as you said, a, f- a few big names out, but it's just uh, next man up, as they say. They all know their job. But, yeah, they'll win by 20 points, I would say conservatively their their point scoring is just out of control and these defences that just aren't even the best defences are struggling to contain Melbourne so I think a side like the Cowboys that leaks you know the number of points they have been it's going to be uh, they'll be letting in at least 30 or 40 I reckon 
Now I can see Ryan Pappenhausen getting injected into the game once things uh, start to open up a bit and causing a, a little bit of damage. So uh, storm by plenty for me, I'm sorry to say, Cowboys fans. The uh, the next game, Saturday footy, kicks off with the Rabbitohs and the Warriors uh, on the sunny coast. We've already spoken to Josh Carr and got his thoughts on uh, a tough outing last week and what they've got to do uh, this week. But uh, Alicia, for the, the Rabbitohs, um, been doing what they need to do, I guess, without really putting teams away that um, in the way that they probably should have been. Um, obviously, Latrell Mitchell back into the side uh, after a rest, pretty much um, close to full strength now. Uh, the Bunnies, other than um, I think Alex Johnston um, from the wing, missing a couple of weeks with a, a hammy strain. But um, yeah, good to go. Yeah, he's good to go. I think um, with South, they're just they're that team that has a couple of patches in them throughout a game where they just clock off and other teams might score a couple of tries in a row or, um, you know, they're just not quite there mentally. And you can tell, you can tell the way that they play. But, um, you know, for me last week, obviously that Lockie Lewis incident on Cody Walker at halftime just sparked South in that second half. You know, they scored pretty much straight after the break and you know, they, they, for Souths, they sort of lean on that. They lean on that sort of stuff to get them back into, into a game. So, um, yeah, look, they, they're, they're still going pretty well. They're traveling quite well. They've got a lot of depth. They've just come out of this origin period, you know, fairly well. Latrell's back. Jairo's back, obviously. He needs a, a big couple of weeks after um, his little suspension that he's had. So, um, yeah, look, they're, they're coming at the right time of the year. They're, they're tracking pretty well, but I think, Wayne wouldn't be happy with how they were last week and would be expecting um, a much better performance this time around. Marty, how do you see the Warriors rebounding from that? I, I thought they were pretty tough, pretty disciplined throughout uh, against Penrith. Certainly things they would have liked to have done better, but losing the players that they lost, the the players that were there being able to lift and keep that one close for, for 80 minutes, does that, you know, psychologically, do you think that rolls some confidence into this week or does the fact that, you know, Torhu's out, Rogers out, the, the hookers missing, um, you know, more reshuffles in the team might just be um, you know, a little bit too much? Yeah, look, they should take plenty out of that game. I thought they were fantastic the way they hung in there. You know, the, the loss of those players made it extremely tough for them. Wade Egan, he's, he's the one you have, the, the hooker that's gone as well. So Harris, Egan, uh, Rogers is such a, a huge part of what they do. So, you know, it's a lot of changes there. It's a lot of lot of pressure on the guys that are, that are sort of left behind to try and when, when you, I guess you feel like your season's pretty much gone and you're, you know, you're playing for pride. They haven't had that chance to go back home that, that looked like it was going to happen. They go back. What an emotional time that would have been to, you know, send Roger to a Vasa check out with a game at home. So it just feels like so much has gone against them the last uh, 18 months. And I mean, every team's doing it tough at the moment, but those guys particularly haven't been home so long. So, yeah, I just think it's all going to catch up with the Warriors a bit and, when they play teams that are you know right up there in contention, I think just a, just a bit beyond them at the moment. Finish us off with a tip. Oh, South South Sydney for sure. Look, they will want to tighten up a bit. They're giving up too many points, I think, and that's a big issue coming up to bigger games at the end of the year. They're certainly a bit too loose in defence at times, but they'll certainly be winning this week. Alicia, yeah, South for me as well. Yeah, I can't tip against the uh, the bunnies. I'm sorry. Um, the Sea Eagles and the West Tigers, 5:30 p.m. Uh, at Suncorp Stadium. This one, uh, Alicia Manley get their uh, their Origin troops back, and also uh, Jake Travoyevich, who's been out with a few weeks with a hip issue, bit of a forgotten man, but um, one of their, their top players, also coming back into that side. Um, up against the Tigers team that should be brimming with confidence, the way they disposed of Brisbane last week, but obviously the standard for the Tigers goes up uh, a significant amount this week. 
Yeah, it sure does. And and just on Manly, they're probably a bit like South at the moment. You know, they've had a couple of games where they've leaked some points. Um, Attacking-wise, we know they can put plenty on. But, um, you know, a bit like the Rabbitohs in that, Des will probably be wanting a bit more from them leading into the finals to get them quite cherry ripe. But, um, yeah, West Tigers, I mean, can we talk a little bit about that documentary as well that, that aired yeah. on Fox? I thought it was outstanding and um, kind of gave a little bit of an insight into you know, a team that obviously hasn't had a lot of his success, but he's just craving it, you know, trying to just turn the tide. So um, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, I mean, luckily they won against the Broncos leading into that, yeah. leading into that, uh, <laughs> the, the series opener, because it sort of kind of made it um, a bit more, I guess, important, but yeah, it's a, uh, it should be a good game. I think the Tigers, as you say, a lot of confidence. I think Adam Dewey going back into five, eight, is you know worked a treat five tries this last week takes the pressure off Luke Brooks, um, and yeah I think they'll definitely you know they've, they've beaten I think Manly five out of seven times in the last last time the two teams have played so plenty in this. Have you had a chance to see Tiger Town yet, Marty? Absolutely, mate. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think ever since we saw the Ashes documentary that gave us a bit of a yeah. an insight there. This is just something really special for. Sports fans, uh, my daughter's a Tigers fan, so we watched with great interest. I must say, you felt like you wanted them to win every game. You sort of feel like you're, you're part of the team and you're hearing the pep talks and you can see how invested in it Madge is. So you wanted them to win every game, but of course, you know they weren't going to. So uh, yeah. it's hard to watch at times seeing them lose when you when you see the, all the effort that goes in and how much he puts into it. But uh, yeah, no, brilliant, brilliant insight and certainly uh, look forward to seeing the the other episodes, and they were very good against the Broncos. Their second half was outstanding, and Dewey was obviously a huge part of that, and their forwards were strong. So, got to take a bit of confidence out of that. There, that that's the way they play. When they're on, they can they can put some points on, and they could trouble Manly. But you'd really have to think that the the Seagulls, with you know that uh, their best players back on board, and it's going to be too strong. Do you, I mean, me and Alicia obviously deal with Madge pretty regularly in our role as reporters. I don't know if you've personally had a lot to do with him, but did you come out of that one with sort of a newfound sympathy for, when I mean, he's obviously got this graph exterior, but you see it sort of crack a little bit and, you know, he's a, a terrific fellow, Madge, from um, the dealings that I've uh, had with him. Mate, just seeing him uh, brought to tears there right at the end of that episode where he was talking to those guys and that was a game they'd lost, but he was just so... Uh, impressed by their effort, I guess, and doing what he hoped for. And I think every every week we all sit there and watch coaches in in the box and think you wouldn't do it for quids. Like honestly, it's got to be the the toughest job in the world. But yeah, huge respect for uh, the, just the effort, I guess, and the the passion that he's putting into it. And hopefully that's that club that the guys that you know they can deliver for him. They they want to. They're obviously putting in the effort. There's no one there not having a go. So uh, no, look, he was sensational in that. And can't wait to see the rest of the series. Back on the uh, the Seagulls v Tigers game. Finish this off with a tip. How do you see this one panning out? Yeah, it'll uh, it'll have to be Manly for me. Alicia. Yeah, Manly. Tommy Turbo back. It's um it's hard to see any flaws. I think Jake Draboyevic, just a quick one too. He needs to pass a couple more fitness tests just on that hip if he takes his place in the side. But with or without him, they'll they should get the job done. Yeah, Manny, for me as well. The Panthers and the Broncos, the final game of Super Saturday, Alicia. Um, other than, um, you know, all the news today around uh, Tavita Pango Jr., uh, looks like he's making a, uh, a late season switch from the Broncos to the Panthers. Um, obviously, won't be playing uh, in this game against um, Brisbane, but, um, you know, I guess just adds a little bit of spice to uh, a, a contest that, you know, probably most be tipping Penrith by a, a big margin. 
Yeah, it does. It would be a bit weirder if he wasn't still suspended and he, and he was actually <laughs> out there on the field. But, um, yeah, I mean, a massive signing for Penrith. It's, uh, you know, to get a guy of that calibre at this time of the year leading into a finals, you know, he's coming off a three-week ban, so he'll be fresh as, you know, wanting to prove himself. And uh, obviously, if there's a bit of news around James Fisher-Harris um, coming returning to Sydney. Um, his, his partner's due to give birth to the second child. So, um, you know, to, to pick up a guy like him at this stage of the year is just outstanding from Penrith management. And, um, you know, I think for this game, I thought the halves, uh, Tyro May and, and Maddie Burton did a great job um, last week against the Warriors. Um, they finally clicked, you know, took them a couple of games to get into it, but they finally did. Um, Jerome Luai's back. I think he's got to pass a fitness test himself on that knee injury just to yeah. make sure he gets through. But, um, yeah, with him back, you'd think... Tyron May, who played pretty well last week as well, they could come up with a bit of a combination there with Matt Burton moving back to centres. So, slowly they're starting to get a bit of a roll on now, Penrith. Uh, not that they haven't had one, but they have probably hit a little bit of a glitch in the last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a great game because last time these two sides played each other too, a couple of months ago, Brisbane threw everything at them and really took it to them for 60-odd minutes. So, um, yeah, geez, if Brisbane put in another performance like that, then uh, it could be for a great game. Take a stab at what we can expect from the Broncos in this one, Marty. Like Alicia just said, they um, you know went from you know th- really threw everything at an impressive Penrith team earlier in the year. They were really good against the Sharks um, two games ago, around 16, and then um, you know stuck it to the Tigers for 50 or 60 minutes, and just really fell in a heap um, last weekend uh, towards the end of the game. So it's uh, always a bit of a roller coaster with the Broncos at the moment. Yeah, very disappointing last week. I know, um, look, those Tigers and Broncos pretty similar on the ladder, but for some reason it just felt like a game that the Broncos were favourites and and were expected to win. It was at home. They were coming off a really good victory and it just felt like they might get a bit of momentum with Tony Staggs back and, you know, finally sort of settled in the halves and I was expecting a lot more of them. I thought their second half was just diabolical, really, to give up so many points to the Tigers. So... Yeah, you'd really expect they'll have a crack. And as you said, they, they have a, a good you know, last performance against Penrith to sort of give them a bit of confidence. But I couldn't see them really uh, challenging the Penrith side, particularly with Luai back. Feel the same, Alicia? Yep, I'm the same. Yep, Panthers for me as well. Dragons and the Titans kick off Sunday afternoon footy uh, on the Gold Coast. Um, Alicia, probably on paper, one of the few uh, close matchups. Uh, of the round dragon still going through their suspension disruption with a few guys missing out, still serving those one game bans from the infamous uh, barbecue Titans, um, I guess can take a little bit of heart about from their second half last week when it like they were going to lose by 40 plus to, um, to keep the, the second half uh, close, probably take a little bit out of that one. Yeah, they will. I think, um, you know, defensively though, still there, they've got massive issues, especially in that first half, they sort of, by half time, they're chasing their tail. And um, I guess, you know, losing Jamal Fogarty as well doesn't help their cause this week. Um, they've got a couple of other changes. Aaron Clark's out with an elbow injury. Toby Sexton gets a game at halfback. Um, I haven't seen much of him play. I've read great things about him. So looking forward to that. Um, for me, Ash Taylor just needs to, you know, he needs to really stand up now and lead. Um, there's only two points or two or four points between both these clubs in terms of on the ladder so it just goes to show how condensed that that uh, bottom eight is and um you know the dragons as you were saying they are going through that whole barbecue gate saga still and it, it is affecting them you know having players in and out every week has got to and um 
you know, no Corey Norman this week. Again, lies on Ben Hunt's shoulders to really stand up. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty torn on this game, to be honest. It's it's a Dragons home game, but it's on the Gold Coast, so a bit of a small win there already for the Titans. Party Titans, uh, yeah, got plenty of points in them, but also uh, plenty of points against them pretty much every week. Uh, defensively, a little bit strange last week seeing David Fafita come off um, at a pretty important juncture uh, as well. Holbrook said afterwards it was always a plan to give him a rest because he was down on match fitness. I would have thought he'd be bursting at the seams to, to play a big mm. game after missing Origin through suspension, but uh, not to be. You would think so, and I have to wonder sometimes about saying that it was part of the plan. Sure, you've got to be able to adjust on the run and leave him out there if uh, you think he needs to be there. So, look, the Titans are just in that 14 points on the ladder. The Dragons are 18. So, you know, the Dragons are that team that's got their spot there to lose. And they've certainly uh, they've done the best to implode uh, with their, you know, their off-field situation and having these players serve their band. Dufty comes back, which is good for the Dragons. Jaden Sullivan, certainly look forward to seeing him at 5'8", huge wraps on him. So, you know, you probably expect the Dragons to start favourites in this, but yeah, it's a real, uh, it's a real toss of the coin. It's certainly a, a season-defining game for, I think, the Titans if they lose. They're getting very close to being uh, out of the hunt. I would have thought. Hard and fast. Who are you tipping? Dragons. Alicia. Yeah, I went the Titans. Um, I think it's now or never for them, and just knowing how unpredictable they are, they'll probably get this win up. So yeah, but seriously, toss of the coin on this one. Yeah, I think Norman and Fogarty both are a huge loss for their respective teams. I'll go the Titans just on the, the Gold Coast, even though it's a Dragons home game with, uh, you know, like you said, Sexton coming into the halves, maybe add a bit of enthusiasm and spark. I'll tip the uh, Titans, but one of those games where absolutely anything could happen. Final game of the round, the Bulldogs and the Sharks, 4pm uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, doubleheader on the Gold Coast. Uh, Alicia, this is one of the, uh, the two teams that the Bulldogs have actually beaten this year, so they might take a bit of uh, joy out of that earlier contest. Yeah, I did read, obviously remember that, but the, I read that um, I haven't beaten the Sharks twice in the season since 04, so a little bit of history there in, in the making if they can do it, um, which they'll take plenty of confidence out of it. You know, you, you do remember your wins, especially if you've only won yeah. a couple throughout the year. So, um, look, they were pretty good last week, the Bulldogs. You know, that first half, they really gave it to South, and even in the second half, they showed moments of... Uh, of brilliance um a couple of the young younger guys really stood up um you know it's just a couple of moments there towards the end where it just all fell apart for them but um i'm sure we'll have a quick chat about this Lockheed lewis incident everyone was talking about it but it did it turned the game you know it swung momentum and it's something that he'll probably learn from and um hopefully never happen again but yeah i give the dogs every chance this week you know cronulla last week um were were favorites going into that game against the raiders and you know, didn't perform at all. And, um, you know, a bit was made around Sean Johnson's form and how committed he is for the rest of the year. Um, so, you know, I'm expecting a bounce back from them as well, but give the dogs every chance. Marty, before we move on to the Sharks, what did you think of the Lockie Lewis incident? Yeah, well, I'm glad I was still watching. You sort of sometimes walk away from the TV when the uh, halftime siren goes. So, uh, mind you, there was 47 replays of it, so it would have bought it. <laughs> but, yeah, you got to wonder what was... Uh, what was going on? I mean, if, if you're to believe the little sledge that uh, Cody Walker threw at him, that's hardly enough to uh, spark that sort of incident. I mean, you know, 10 years ago, that would have sparked an all-in brawl as we stand at the moment. And look, it's a good thing there's no fighting, punching in the game anymore because really you wouldn't want to see such a minor incident spark an all-in. So I have no idea. I don't think anybody will ever quite know what 
Lachlan Lewis was thinking, but it really did turn. They were winning that game much to, you know, nobody would have thought they'd be in front. Then they play without him for 10 minutes, South take control. And yeah, I think the Bulldogs, having beaten uh, Cronulla, as we said, back in round seven, Trent Barrett, highly emotional night for him, as we all remember. I think they're, they're going quite well at the moment, certainly give themselves a good chance. They were absolutely diabolical three weeks ago against Manny, but pretty good the last two weeks in losing uh, by not too much against the Roosters and Rabbitohs. So certainly uh, a lot better the past fortnight than they were uh, one game before that. What about the Sharks? Been plenty directed at Sean Johnson. I don't really feel like Sean Johnson is the problem. I know he missed uh, a few tackles. A lot of those were just kind of bouncing off and then go again, sort of misses. They weren't, you know, blokes running over the top of him to score tries all game or anything like that. I just thought as a whole team, they looked pretty flat. Yeah, look, I think uh, if you're picking out missed tackles in games these days, when you think how many points are being scored in matches and there's plenty of poor defence going on, so I don't think you want to pick out one bloke for missing tackles. I really feel like since Matty Moylan went out of that side, they had such a good combination going and since he's been injured, they um, just sort of lost their way a bit, I reckon, in attack. So as Alicia said, they certainly went in as favourites last week and were pretty disappointing. That they, they should be beating the Bulldogs and I think they probably will, but uh, you know, I think Luke Thompson's been sensational for the Bulldogs. Their forwards are really aiming up. So it should be a good contest. You're tipping? I'll tip the Sharks, but uh, not with any great confidence. Alicia? Yeah, I'm the same with Marty there. Um, but yeah, back to those young guys like Aaron Shoup. Jaden Ockenbaugh's return as well was quite strong. Um, and Bailey Biondo, Biondi Odo. Great try out of... Um, well, he scored that try, the fluke try sort of thing, but that uh, the setup for, for shoot was outstanding. So you need those young guys to, to come through and um, I guess give, give a bit of motivation with these, with these older guys. Well, yeah, of all the young guys, I think Beyond Yodo is the one that's really been eye-catching. I think he's got a real future uh, in the game. Aaron Shop doing a pretty handy job uh, in the centre. He's got a couple of career tries um, now, but a bit more spark out of dummy half, certainly won't go astray. Uh, I will also tip the Sharks, but if I was going to find an upset this round, uh, this would probably be the game I'd be uh, looking at. Anyway, that is all eight games from round 19. Our thanks once again to the Warriors and Josh Curran for dialing in earlier. Thank you, uh, Marty and Alicia, for your thoughts and to everyone for listening. We'll be back this time next week to have have a look at round 20.